this morning, uh, I, I kind of wrestled because I, I felt like I called my brother Casey and Chris a couple of weeks ago. I was at the gym, and man, God began to speak to me about, about the disciples in this series I'm on, and came up with this idea, and I was like, man, I'm going to preach it. I'm gonna, and I began to put together this message, kind of worked on it for a couple of days, and then thought, man, i got to get back on the message that I'm preaching, and walked away from it, and, and still been going through, back and forth through my mind, and Thank you, Bamba. Stay close. Bubba, hang with me, please. And because um, we won't be long. I feel like God wants to move. And uh, and so I was like, I'm going to preach. I've got this plan. I've got this message for this. I've got my uh, outline. I've got that on the bulletin. I've got my PowerPoint. Uh, got everything done. And then, so I felt like God began to kind of yesterday morning, and I thought, you know what, when I get done with the men's breakfast and everything, I'll go home and study to see what God says. And and then I had to go work at the house and help uh, Ben and his dad, his brother, they were, were putting up a retaining wall, and God bless them. They spent their Saturday up there, and, and I worked up there with them. By the time I was done around 6 o'clock, and I had the grandkids too, uh, and, you know, I'd, we'd made a gravel pile for them to play in. They were filthy. And I thought, I really need to give them a bath. But then by the time I got done work and I walked in, kids, get your pajamas on, no bath tonight. Um, go to bed dirty. I did many a days. Set them down. We watched a movie, and they went to bed. And finally about 8 o'clock, I was like, I'm exhausted. I'm just going to preach what I'm going to preach. And I get up this morning, and, even take my PowerPoint back there and then somewhere between our prayer out here at 820 when we meet with everybody to pray and I went back and come back out here and sit down and I'm sitting there through the worship and God is saying you know what you're supposed to say I got I'm like God it's not even I'm not even got a quarter I say what I've given you and so I, I get on my, and I'm like, man, I hope I got enough internet service out here where I can pull up at least what notes I do have. And, and so I believe this is for today. I know it's for people at 9 a.m. God moved, but I'm convinced it's for people here today. Whether this is your first time, whether you've been here for a while, this is for someone today. We've been in this series called Anatomy of a Disciple. What a disciple looks like. For asking the question, are you just fond of Jesus or are you a follower of Jesus? Because there's a big difference. There's a big difference. And we started this series, and, and I'm just going to tell you, uh, none of the past scripture will be up on the screen because if they, gave, if they put up what I gave them, it would not be right to, for today's message. But I'll, if you've got a Bible or a Bible lab want to turn with me, I will be here in, in a minute in Luke chapter 5. But we started this series uh, in Mark 1 where Jesus shows up. He's walking down shores of Galilee and he comes across these two different sets of brothers, Simon, Andrew, James, and John. And this is the short version of what happened. Mark 1, 17, verse 17 and 18. Jesus called out to them, Come follow me. I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. The Passion paraphrased it like this. Immediately they dropped their nets, left everything behind to follow Jesus. 
if you've been following along with me in this series, either online, podcast, or here live, let me in. What is the main purpose of every disciple? The main goal to become just like their rabbi. Jesus was a rabbi. Jesus was a rabbi. And, and the disciples' main goal was to become just like, to, to do everything. In fact, there are stories of rabbis that if they were hurt and walked with a limp, their disciples would decide to walk with a limp too. And there was this saying that every disciple wanted to be said about them. They said, may they be covered in the dust of their rabbi. In other words, because the, the rabbi would be walking down and the roads weren't paved, there was mud, there was dust, there was dirt. And it said those, were, those disciples would follow so close that by the time they got to that town, they were covered in the dust of the rabbi. That's how close they followed. And that's what happened here in Mark 1. Simon, Andrew, James, and John left everything to follow Jesus. Luke 5. Luke tells this story with a little more details than Mark. Luke was a doctor. And if you if you going through the Bible and reading through Mark's very he he's Mark is a man's man. He's just to the point. He tell not a lot of details. Luke being a doctor, he goes into more details. Here's Luke's telling of this story. Luke 5, 1, of when Jesus called his first disciples. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of the Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Why were they washing their nets? They'd been fishing all night long. That's what they did. And so they had, they had, the boats were empty. They were wa uh, washing their nets. Jesus, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, the owner of the boat, to push it out into the water. And Jesus began, sat in the boat, and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Go out where the water is deeper and let down your nest to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we have worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. I don't think Simon was being disrespectful. I don't think he was like, come on, are you serious? We're fishermen. You're a rabbi. What do you know about fishing? Because he said, master. Another word for master is rabbi. And he was saying, he automatically Simon saw something different in Jesus. He said, Master, Rabbi, we've been fishing all night. When, the, when, you, when you're supposed to fish, we've been fishing. We didn't catch a thing. But because of who you are, and we recognize it, we'll let our nets down again. And get this. Verse 6, at this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. Soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what, was, what had happened, he fell to his knees. He recognized. 
who Jesus was. He said, Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught and, and were the, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. In verse 13, as soon as they landed, they, Simon, Andrew, James, and John, as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. They left everything and followed Jesus. That would be the beginning of a three-year incredible journey for these four men. I mean, they would see things that, that would blow their minds. I'm, I'm serious. I, I mean, they saw men that they knew were blind, the city knew were blind, and Jesus, bam, they were, their eyes open. They would see uh, Jesus heal deaf people, people that couldn't hear, people that were lame from birth. Jesus prayed for them to be healed. They witnessed miracle after miracle, lepers being cleansed and giving their lives back. They heard him teach. They heard his parables. But get this, they, they, they saw Jesus speak to the weather and the weather obey him. Wouldn't that be nice? Get this, not only that, Jesus brought them into miracle. You remember the feeding of the 5,000 5,000? It says just men. Most theologians believe when you include the women and children, there were somewhere between fifteen to 20,000 people there that day. And Jesus invited them in because they were like, hey, send the people away to get something to eat. And Jesus like, you feed them. With what? They bring Jesus these few fish and loaves of bread. And when we say loaves, don't think of the loaves we buy. They were just these little round pieces of bread. And you know what I love about this? The miracle didn't occur when Jesus prayed over it. The miracle didn't occur when he broke the bread. It didn't happen when he gave it to the disciples. You know when it happened? I love this. Because Jesus wanted them to experience it. The miracle happened in the hands of the disciples. Because every time they would reach down, grab a piece of fish and bread, you know they had to be thinking, this ain't near enough. They would hand it, look back, it was still full. They witnessed miracle after miracle after miracle that not on just that occasion, it happened on another occasion. They were witnesses to that. Peter, Peter got to walk on water. Even if it was only a few steps, he literally walked on water. And then uh, when Jesus picked him up, read this. Jesus didn't calm the sea, walk him back to the boat, and then give him a lesson. Jesus raised him up. And right there in the middle of the storm, on waves, on the crashing sea, Jesus gives him this lesson takes him back to the boat, gets in the boat, and then the storm stops. Peter saw all that. With everything that he saw, when I was thinking about this, I was like, so after Jesus died, 
after all that, he, he saw all that happen, and Jesus died, and Jesus wasn't with him. Why, why do we read this in John 21, 3? Then Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. Jesus is crucified, placed in the grave. He rises from the dead, but the, the disciples are still like, uh, you know, we knew what he taught. We believed in him, but... And Peter goes fishing, goes back making a living the way he used to make a living. Nothing wrong with fishing unless Jesus has called you from that occupation to, be, to go from fishing for fish to fishing for people. And that means you're walking away from where God told you to. But here's the thing. Peter was a great leader because, and here's the, the bad thing about this. Peter just doesn't take himself back to fishing. When you read it, we'll come too, they all said. You're going, Peter? We'll go too. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night long. After all Peter had witnessed, after all he had seen, Jesus has gone from his life for three days. Maybe four, and Peter's like, I'm... I'm going back to fishing. After Peter sitting with Jesus, Casey, and Jesus looking at them and saying, hey, the things you saw me do, you're going to do greater things than that. And I think they were like, yes, Jesus, with you with us, we can do anything. With you there, we can do anything. But now Peter goes back to fishing. Why? I think he came to this realization. All those things that I witnessed, all the miracles, all the great teaching, all the parables, even me being part of that and handing out bread, all that was done with Jesus there. And he's gone. And the truth is, I'm not enough. I'm not enough without him. I know this. I'm, what I'm about to say is not popular. And if I was well known enough, they might even try to cancel me. But I'm not that known. Because with all this body positivity we've got going on right now and all that, it, it, the, what the thing to say is, oh, I'm enough just as I am. I'm enough just like I am. I am enough. Let me tell you, that's simply not true. You're not enough. I'm not enough. And until we come to the realization that Peter made, I'm not enough without Jesus. We'll go back to doing what we re what we used to do. See, Peter didn't wasn't under the, under the he thought just because Jesus wasn't physically there with him that it was it. I love this. Jesus, Peter's like, I'm not enough. So they go back to fishing and look what happens. Verse 4, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, friends, have you caught any fish? No, they answered. Then throw your nets out on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. 
When they did, they were unable to haul in the net because the number of fish. Does that remind you of anything else? The first time they were called, the first encounter with Jesus. And I think something hit Peter. I think something hit him like, this has happened before. I remember my first encounter with Jesus. When I realized I was meant for, to do something besides what I'm finding myself doing right now. In a boat fishing for fish. And he thought, whatever I've got to do, I've got to get to Jesus. The Bible says he puts his overcoat on or outer garment and jumps in the water. Why? I do not know. Maybe he just didn't want to be naked in front of Jesus. I don't know. But it seems to me that's a lot of weight to carry swimming. But he gets up there on the shore because he's like, I'm not enough without Jesus. I need him. And he has this incredible encounter with Jesus. Jesus basically sits with him and him and Peter have some alone time and Jesus looks at Peter and says, hey, do you love me? He's like, you, you know I love you, Jesus. Jesus looks at him again. Peter, do you love me? You know that I love you. Well, feed my lambs. The third time, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? The Bible says that this crushed Peter, that Jesus was asking him a third time. And Peter says, you know all things, Jesus. Peter says, you knew I would deny you when I swore up and down I wouldn't. You know all the ugly truths about me. You know I have a tendency to go off and say things before I, the, the things that don't need to be said. You know I have, you know all the ugly sides of me. You know everything about me, Jesus. You know that I'm enough and only you know the truth about whether I love you. Jesus said, Peter, you're right. I'm paraphrasing. You're not enough without me. But with me, with me, greater things that I've done will you do. With me, with me. And the same Peter we saw denying Jesus that thought, I'm not enough without Jesus, days later stands in the city courts and preaches boldly and sees 3,000 people come and accept Jesus that day. I've been guilty of saying it. Pastors have said it. I've said it. We've built sermons around it. You are enough. You are enough. You are enough. But it's simply not true. I can tell you, without Jesus, I'm not nearly enough. To the person struggling with addiction, you're not enough. If you were enough, you wouldn't be 20 years deep in this opioid addiction if you could do it on your own. To those that are battling a sin that you keep falling into, you're not enough. 
You keep trying, keep trying, keep, you're not enough. Julie, you're not enough to conquer this whatever it is that the enemy has tried to, to put on your body. But with Jesus... You're not enough. Jesse, you're not enough. Isn't that encouraging? Because we want to hear people say, you're enough just like you are. You're good enough. You, you've got to get just like you are. But listen, it's simply not true. And if we were honest with ourselves, we know that's not true. We know. We struggle. We may put up nice posts on Facebook. We, we may try to put on the face, but deep down inside, we know I'm not enough. And Jesus has said, that, do you realize God created us that we would not be enough without him? There is, that you've heard it said, but you just, I don't know why we don't get it. There is this God-sized vacuum hole in us that we will always feel not enough until we allow God in there. You can struggle, and you will. You will struggle, struggle, struggle until you're finally honest with yourself. I'm not enough. Jacob, do you know you're not enough to be a great dad? You can be a good dad. But why settle for good when you can be great? And, and I'm saying that because I know I'm not enough to be a great dad. But with Jesus doing things inside of me, I'm telling you guys, I believe this is a word. We are not enough without Jesus. We can try. We can get up every morning. We can put on the face. And we can, I, I'm telling I'm telling you, it is hard for a pastor in this culture nowadays to speak the truth, even if it's spoken in love, because everything you say gets taken out of context. But I'll just tell you, I don't care what the world tells you. You're not enough. I don't care what your favorite fashionista, your favorite blogger, your favorite podcast person says, you are not enough. If Jesus is not enough, you are not enough without him. And you know the days, I have to, you know, I, Harvey, I have to make him a part of me every day. I have to intentionally include him in my life every day. I'm not saying he's not in my heart, you know. I'm not, I just have to intentionally, because I'll find days when, man, I'm like, oh, this is frustrating. You know, oh, you forgot to allow Jesus to be part of what you were doing. You know one of the most freeing times in my Denise's marriage? Because she would come to me and say, hey, this is wrong with the plumbing. Hey, this is wrong with this, the house, or that. When, and, and I would go try to fix it and then end up costing us more than if we would. But the most freeing times when I say, hey, I'm not enough. Let's call somebody. Only that because, man, we want to fix things, right? 
Some of you women are like, you want to fix it yourself. But the fact is, you cannot fix it. And Jesus is looking at you. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Then on the fact that you're not enough on your own. It's not enough to say that you love me. Walk it out. Act it out. Stand with me across this room. Listen to me. When it comes to leaving your sin behind, you're not enough. When it comes to fixing your marriage, you're not enough. When it comes to fixing your kid, you're not enough. When it comes to forgiving others, forgiving yourself, you're not enough. When it comes to loving and being loved, you're not enough. We need Jesus. I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Cause all I want No, it's at 9 a.m. Stacy Harris, he came up and was talking about how he said part of that song I love is will you meet me here again and again and again and again and I would never embarrass him because man he is he he is I've known that guy and I'd had they were over at my house on Thursday Friday doing some work and uh, there was another crew that was there doing some work some different work and uh Apparently, this guy got kind of got aggravated. Not the owner of that company, but one of his work kind of got aggravated with Stacy, and kind of got in Stacy's face. And I was talking to the the, the company, the other guy, uh, on on Friday morning. So this happened on Thursday. And he said, "Yeah," he said, "that bald guy." He said, "When so and so got in his face, he said the bald guy just put his head down and walked away." He said, "He don't know that saved him." And I said. I said, let me tell you something about Stacy Harris. The fact I said, you don't realize you witnessed a miracle yesterday. The fact that Stacy Harris put his head down and walked away and didn't knock that guy's head off is a miracle. It's a miracle. I said, because I'm going to tell you, I've, I've known this guy for 30 years, and I've watched him allow come to Jesus again and again and again because he knew, he understood this fact, I'm not enough. There are things in my life that I'm not enough to overcome. I've got to allow him in every day, every day. It's got to be him in my life. I said, so let me just say this, him walking away was saving your friend's life. And it's funny how when you get spiritual and talk about how God's changed their life, the other person wants to start, oh, yeah, yeah, you let God go. It's like, it's all right. Some of you need to realize and own the fact you're not enough. You've tried it. And I'm talking to Christians too. You realize that. 
Because I've saw a lot of Christians, including myself, that have gotten saved, but then they try every, to, to do everything else on their own. And you just need to realize I'm not enough. No prayer team right now. I want to ask, uh, can I get the team to come on up? Because I'm going to ask them to sing this song. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going to hear me do the count to three and get out of your seats. If you just say, you know what, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not enough. I desperately need Jesus. I need him in every aspect of my life. I need him in my in, in my marriage. I need him in my relationships and my friendships. I need him in, in where I work. I need him in my to, in my body that I'm suffering in. I need him to help me forgive. I'm not enough. I need Jesus. Because the song says, can't go back to the beginning. We can't change anything. But what we can do now is just lean into Him and allow Him to be the enough in our lives. So I'm just going to tell you, they're going to start singing. And those, man, you want to join me because I'll be the first one that's all of a sudden, I'm not enough.